You guys are having too much fun. Welcome back, Mr. Hergenreiter. This um, this from poems for the patriarchs or poems for patriarchs. Um, this is the verse and prose of Christian manhood, compiled and edited by Douglas Phillips. Um, what's his uh, uh, ministry? Vision Forum, right? So check this uh, check this out. I, I just thought as a as a manly type thing. This this is us. Yeah. Did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful, or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful? Oh, it troubles a ton, or it troubles an ounce, or a trouble is what you make it, and it isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You're beaten to earth? Well, well, what's that? Come up with a smiling face. It's nothing against you to fall down flat, but to lie there? That's a disgrace. The harder you're thrown, why, the higher you bounce. Be proud of your blackened eye. It isn't the fact that you're licked that counts. It's how did you fight? And why? And though you be done to the death, what then? If you battled the best you could, if you played your part in the world of men, why... The critic will call it good. Death comes with a crawl or comes with a pounce, and whether he's slow or spry, it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die? I like that one myself. Yes, indeed. It's yeah. I am... Uh, Always enjoying hearing the uh, the things that make us think of being men. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who set us apart in order to sanctify us with his commandments and instructed us to occupy ourselves with words of Torah. Adonai, our God, please make the words of your Torah pleasant in our mouths and in the mouths of your people, the family of Israel, so that we, our offspring, and the descendants of your people, the family of Israel, all of us, may be knows of your name and learners of your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people, Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the nations of the world to give us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. I've got like three slides. The entire idea tonight is, again, one, one class tonight, not two. And the entire idea is to get you to talk. So, instead of talking about shoving small men into small places, <laughs> let's talk about community. 
Community is defined as the people of a district or country considered collectively, especially in the context of social values and responsibilities, a similarity or identity. Now, I think that's worth noting that these people considered collectively have social values or responsibilities, a similarity or an identity. God bless you. Love your haircut. How are you? It's good to see you. So, I want to talk about community tonight and what makes community and what makes not community and how we define it and all of that. So, a couple of uh, points that we might want to look at. We could look at a consistent theology for a community or a similar location, common values, family ties, shared interests, singular purpose, or even love for one another. So I ask you, of these, is, is this what makes community in your mind? And if not, what would you add to this list or what would you take away? Is a community a group of people that get together and talk about God? There are think tanks at the university that do that. And I surely wouldn't call them a community. How does it work in, uh, in Judaism, especially in years back, 100, 200 years ago? You've been thrown out of whatever town you were living in in Europe. You're pulling a wagon with everything you own. You're walking next to your bride and your children, and you show up in a town. What are you looking for? Other Jews. Family members. Where's the shul? And if there isn't one, you keep going to the next town. We don't, as Gentiles, normally experience that. And we've talked about this before, that without community, there can be no discipline. And it's not because you don't discipline people. You discipline the people sometimes, although even that is rare, but you discipline the people, and what do they do? They move on to the next place. They'll go to the next church, you've got one on every corner, you might as well just say, you know, I don't like this one, I'll go to the next one. They, They were nasty to me. But if you're a Jew, you don't really have that option. Are you going to move on? And when you get there, that's it. I can only think of one reason why they wouldn't stay in that particular community. They might get pushed out. I don't think die really counts, although that's very clever and quick. Okay. No, well, let's say you're the butcher. You're a butcher. But they already got a butcher. You probably want to keep walking. Because they're not going to fight like that. There's just not enough butch- butching to go around. You might be uh, yeah, sub-butcher now. That's right. Right. Yeah, butcher apprentice. Oh, the sub-shop from the sub-butcher. <laughs> but then you'd live sub-rosa. No. Oh, it's a Catholic joke. Sorry. Okay, we were in the, we were in the Jews. So... <laughs> Somebody stop it. It's subliminal, yes. 
<laughs> I cannot subsist on this type of talk, so stop! Stop! Okay. Substitutionary <laughs> That's right. Now we're good. All right. What, uh, what would you say? Is, are there other things that come to mind that I've left off? Jonathan? You haven't put any actions up there. I didn't. So do you think that community requires action? Explain that to me. I mean, a good example of community is not just in the Jewish world, but the Amish uh, yeah. world. Yeah. I mean, when there's a barn that needs to be raised, it's raised within two or three days. Right. And everyone, right. Uh, you know, it's all hands on deck. And yeah. I think that is the true... Uh, expression of a community is when no, whether someone dies, someone's uh, you're, you're 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 burying someone, so there's a bride, or someone just needs help uh, in something more um, materialistic. When there's action expressed, then that's the community. Okay, so would you would you yeah would you put that there? Love for one another. I mean, co- but yeah, believing that this group would think love is an action. Okay, yeah, okay, but I, I, I've taken your point. You were next, and you. Uh, well, just, just to kind of dovetail into that, I remember uh, Rabbi Pell sharing that in his community yeah. uh, there in Israel, uh, when I think, I forget how many people, he was decent-sized, you know, enclave that he lives in, but he, he was saying that when a woman in the community gives birth, that she has meals for like the next four months. Yeah. Because every other family in that community, all of them, there's a hundred or so, yeah. they all will make a meal and bring it. Yeah, um, and, that's uh, astonishing. Right. Yeah, so, and, and they, they probably don't even have to use a website to make it happen, you know. They just spread the word amongst themselves. Exactly right. Yes, sir. And I wasn't sure if this would also fall under love for one another, but something like shared responsibility. Give me an example of shared responsibility. Where the way that it's, def- and, and the Amish made me think of that, because you have things that need to be done. Yeah, like putting those little orange triangles on the back of the buggies. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, tilling the ground and, and just you know, various things. And so you have this shared responsibility of the welfare of the community yeah. being distributed through all of the members of the community. Okay. And so it's, they're all, and it's, I guess it might fall under that one, but I just, this is what I thought. Working together. Yeah. Okay. And also, wait, wait, wait. Stand by. Yes, sir. I was thinking, um, it's not, I don't think it's really up there, is um, shared worship of the same God. I mean, that's what you think about. Not just consistent theology, though, but how do you how do you express that in a somewhat religious setting? I mean, you mentioned the shul. You mentioned yeah. just walking by. They're not going to go past, um, you know, a church and think, well, they say they're worshiping the same God, so whatever. I mean, they're going to look for a shul. And, okay. And especially if, if, depending on how many Jews were around, they might even look for a shul in their group. Sure. Okay, they're Orthodox and they're conservative, okay? Right, gotcha. That's a good point. Um, so, you know, I went back 100, 200 years where they didn't care whether it was Orthodox, Reform, Liberal, or otherwise, because there really was. Yeah, I, I still think, you know, they're Jews, period. Um, because the Sephardi Jews would be 
where the sorority juice came from. But anyway, um, so it's obvious to me that this concept of trying to come up with major categories to describe the uh, intricacies is something you guys are not familiar with, and that's okay. I can work with that. So, consistent theology, and I should have fleshed that out to like five or six different little points there, but yeah, um, but you're, you've, you brought up a good point. And the pre- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the practice of the faith and, and how it's worked out in worship and so forth needs to be included in there. Just, I would say practice is really a better word Okay, ritual practice needs to be here rather than that. And then over here, love for one another and working together either to for common needs or for a specific need. Good. I like that. Yes, sir? I would think that in our, in our efforts to define what is community, it would be instructive to discover the tools that God gave for creating community, in particular the people of Israel, because he gave specific tools to Israel in order to create a united people. Talk to me. I mean, some of them are there. And love for one another is a great Big. generic term yeah. that can be taken any way you want. That's right. Especially if, if your love is, is action-based. But what we're discussing actually can be visible in, in ways that are expressed, for instance, in Leviticus 19. We talk about love one another, and how is love one another expressed, is that when you see your neighbor, you know, in sin, you don't stop and turn them the other way, you actually confront him. And help your neighbor. Sure. Or if you find something that he's lost, you'll care for it. But he's given, he's given other things that are simply more than, than other groups might consider to be civilized. Amish people would look at that and go, yeah, we do that too. Uh, there's something distinct about Israel that Amish people don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what God gave them in the Torah. And that's what we should wrap our minds around when we start thinking about what makes a community. Good. I like that. John? Leadership and accountability. Okay. So we've got, you know, you know we've won, or you know, in the case of the children of Israel, we've got the elders, and you've got the, the heads of the tribes, and mm-hmm. some, you know, there's like a, a downward delegation, as it were, you know, from Hashem to Moshe and Moshe to the leaders, and then you know the way it talks about in Pure Kevo one one. There has to be some sort of structure. A structure. It doesn't have to be necessarily a, a one man dictatorship or or, or or anything like that. But it can't. There there has That's to be right. exactly exactly. So there has to be. Um, a, a governing body, as it were, mm-hmm. and um, with that, um, a, a system of sort of checks and balances. You know, so that, you know, one guy is not, you know, you know like yeah, I guess like Satan take you know the third of the host of angels and everything yeah. like that with him. And, so we need a structure. I'm with it. Did you have something? I was basically going to say that, and also specialization might be something else, and you see that in communities where there is the community, you said butcher, there's the community, whatever, and I think the Torah does that job as well, in, in um, positions, per se. So, so the, those two things, leadership and specialization. So, that specialization, are you talking about roles? More or less. Within the community? Yes. So you would agree with that? Mm-hmm. So you would think that it would be appropriate to frequent then 
businesses and establishments that were members of the community. Yes. Just checking. Yes. Just to kind of go off what Mr. Spellick was saying about the Torah kind of setting up the what a community looks like. Would you say that all of these could probably be tied into what the temple was? Absolutely. And in fact, that was one of the most difficult times for God's people. Because much of what God had taught, much of what God had demanded, could now not be accomplished because the temple was no longer there. And it was, it was a, a mental, a spiritual, a physical problem. And I think the sages did a great job of trying to um, come up with some solutions there. But surely the temple is, is big, And um, even if you didn't live in Jerusalem, at least three times a year, the temple was a part of your life. Good. Other comments? Okay. Let's look at the negative before we move on. I just want to make sure I'm clear on what doesn't make a community. So... If a bunch of people come on over here and are really interested in gardening, it's not a community. It's a gardening club. It's a, gardening club. It's a little hobby, but it's not a community. Um, the fact that somebody has a baby and everybody provides meals, not everyone who provides a meal is necessarily in the community. You see where I'm going? I'm looking for the opposite view of the same deal. Well, I mean, in the world's language, it's a community. You have a community of financial managers. They pass on their, you know, their directives. Their, they advise one another. They yeah. do all of this stuff, and it's a common interest. So it's one of those values that we're not, we're not necessarily talking about. That's right. But it is a type of community. But not the type we're talking about. It would be more of a club or something like that. Um, family ties. I'd even try and avoid using the word community just so we don't get you know, confused tonight because I'm easily confused. I, I think the singular purpose is, is maybe is also key here because, you know, for example, if one, if once upon a time I was in the church, I was there for 11 years, mm-hmm. very involved. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of people in the church, mm-hmm. but had very few what I would call really close, close relationships. People that were in my home regularly, I was in their home regularly. We fell, you know, yeah. that that type of thing. In other words, we were all part of the same church. Right. So in that sense, we had a consistent theology. We even had some common values, et cetera, et cetera. But we were really just, it was really a group of associations. You know, I had a lot of associations within that within that church body, but I had very few, uh, very few people that I would consider mishpacha, right? Um, and and so, the diff- so common values, consistent theology, those are all part of it. But at the end of the day, um, I think if you look at 
for example, uh, if you look at, for example, Orthodox Judaism, right? Why is it that they all live together in, in a similar location, right? And I think part of it gets back to a singular purpose of, in some cases, just simply survival, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, survival, maintaining their their, their identity. identity, and being able to serve Hashem, right? And that singular purpose, um, kind of. Is it is that the fabric? Is yeah. is that the connector That's piece? I, I, I would I could make a case that that is one of the key things that that holds holds it together. These other things are important ingredients, but at the end of the day, there's a there's a, a single purpose, a, a single focus, maybe hmm. that really compels that group to function as a unit and to exist. And, and to continue to exist. So you're implying that you were a member of a community, but almost second-guessing whether it was a community. No, I, I would say I was not. I would say... Would you say there was a community I would first? Say, I would say there was not a community. Okay. It, was, it was more of a club. It was, you go to, if you're members of this church, mm-hmm. uh, right. Come here on Sundays. You do your deal, you know. And then you go home. And then you go home. And if you want to get together for a Bible study on Wednesday nights, you get together for a Bible study on Wednesday. Nights. If you don't go to, you're not part of the Bible study on Wednesday nights. Well, you know, it's okay. But there's only 15 people in that Bible study, and on the other side of town, there's maybe 20. But there's there's only those two out of the whole city. Right. Okay. And, and and the real sense of community. Uh, in some cases, wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh, intentionally discouraged, but also wasn't really encouraged. Right, it wasn't promoted. It wasn't promoted. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking tonight to to try I, I guess in in your vernacular to distinguish when does the club become a community? If you got the club, how do you make it a community? Should it become a community? What is it? What's the difference between the community and the club? And what are we doing, and, and what do we want to do, and what does God want us to do? Yes, sir. Just have a quick comment. The uh, discussion between you and Brother Greg makes me wonder if many of our churches truly have community. I've, you know, I've been sleeping with a woman. Oh, she's my wife. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. It's okay. Yeah, she's... Uh, but in the 1960s, it wouldn't That's probably true. Uh, on a regular basis, she makes it clear that the, the church is nothing but a club. And they and people go to the club on Sunday mornings. And she's, you know, sometimes pretty vocal about that. And, and I agree 100% <laughs> because of my own uh, experience with the youth group. You know, oh, that's a sub-club in the club. Sub, yeah, sub-culture with... Age-based sub-club. Culture, yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, culture within a culture. Um, it was very hard back at home in my church group to get accepted into their club. Yeah. It was an acid test. Yeah. So to me, that wasn't promoting community because there was this favoritism. Yeah, exclusivity, on. yeah. So so the, the question that I want us to answer tonight is, should there be a club within the club? Should there be a community within the community? Or should it just be a community? Yes, sir. My comment is not exactly an answer 
That is tonight's question, not necessarily this moment's question. Yeah. So you can come forth with any answer you want, but if you don't move smartly, I'm going to move over here. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to say that, sort of framework on what Greg said, that that singular purpose is sort of the, uh, the, the sticky stuff that holds all of the rest of those together. Yeah. And you know, one of those things by itself is definitely not enough to... It's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. Otherwise, it's just, you know... A series of associations, a club, you know, a clique, whatever, what have you, whatever mm-hmm. word you choose. Um, so, it, but it's the more of those you have connected to that singular purpose, I, th- I think the, um, the stronger the community comes. I agree. I was just going to say that um, in partial defense to some of our nominal and hopefully more than nominal brethren, um, and some of the clubs around town that I have noticed in my time in a church establishment that there was the potential and indeed existence of community within the club. That there were actually groups of people who had this and more sure. they did have that singular purpose sure. that, that did create that community. The irony in some sense being that um, a large portion of this room is a reassembled versions of some of those communities true. from some of those clubs. Yeah. I would I would go so far as to say that the original founders of many of these clubs actually had community. And then clubs grew around the community. Clubs are easy to Clubs are easy and and then and more profitable. <laughs> Um, so you know, another question should yeah cause clubs. So the the question then should also be, what do you do with the people on the periphery? What do you people What do you do with the people that are forming the clubs? Should you try and draw them into the community, or should you discourage the creation of clubs? The latter, because the clubs are more of, as we've seen, somebody with a common interest. However, everybody comes in like because they all play racquetball. But while they're there, it's racquetball. When they leave, it's completely different. You find that in a lot of churches where they all have a common interest of being there on Sunday and following the worship and following the message. But when they leave, they all have a different lifestyle. But in a community like what we have here, everybody has not only the same common interest, they have the same singular purpose, and they all live the same lifestyle. It's not, it's not just purpose, though. And that's what Greg probably agreed with me. It's not just having a purpose. I mean, the, the Army Rangers have a purpose. Kill people, break things, and they're really good at it. They're not a community. Day or night. That's right. They are, and God bless them for doing it. But they're not a community. They're brothers. Yes. But they're not a community. So it's not just a purpose. It's a, it's a specific particular. Yeah, it's a specific purpose. And we're going to get to the next one. No longer a part of that. See, if you're in a club, you can live outside of the parameters and still be a part of. Yeah. Well, that a community, That's true. If you live outside of those parameters, then you're no longer the lifestyle. Yeah, and um, I would go so far as to say, you know, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a member of the Charlotte Rifle and Pistol Club, but it has absolutely no bearing on my life right now. So long as you do when you're there. Right, and I'm a member of the club because I like what they do. We have a shared interest together, but it has no bearing on my life now. And I can be a member of many clubs. Right. I think you can only be a member of one community at a time. Going there is like going to a church. If you 
you get there and you don't like what's going on, you just pop to the next church. Yeah. Pop to the next market club. Exactly. Now, I was looking at the list that just was shared interests, uh, singular, singular uh, purpose, uh, similar location, common values. All of consistent theology, all of that's true, definitely, especially with all of us gathered here in terms of, you know, wanting to emulate a Torah-centric lifestyle. But I'm wondering if we can add on there, like, different backgrounds in terms of where we were and where we are now and how we can bring that diversity and still coexist. You You sound like a psychiatrist now. Um, Or a psychologist. Um, My thought is that it, it... my thought is that it shouldn't matter. My thought is that it shouldn't matter. I would submit that the reason why it's difficult to come up with a biblical definition of this concept is because the original community was a family. There was nothing to define. Jacob's sons. Which brings, which brings to mind, and I hope I don't, I hope this isn't going down that as well. No, please. Your question was, do we bring the people in from the club or not? And this is the question that, that the sages of blessed memory had. That their issue was, we got these people in the periphery of, what do we do with them? Exactly. How do we make them part of the family? Because they're not part of the family. Right. And the recognition that there are family ties, even though the families may not agree, look at judges and we talk about uh, Benjamin being like out of control. Almost wiped out. I mean, out of control. And the rest of them going, yeah, we're going to kill you all. Uh, so, I mean, it's not necessarily family in the sense that we might, maybe it's more like a Sicilian yeah, That's right. <laughs> this is an Italian neighborhood, right? Exactly. But family is an important part of that, whether it's a family in actual genetics or whether it's a family... Through adoption. In, in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, if the folks are in the club at the periphery of the community, as a leader of the community, I want to encourage them to become a part of the community, but not to force the family tie. If they're not a member of the family, they don't belong in the community. Does that make sense? Yep. There's still that dynamic of going out and bringing people in from well, different areas. Because that's where I'm getting at, like different life experiences, people coming together. That's the diversity I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of that. Now, there, now we're, we're crossing the boundary of describing and, and, and uh, feeding, if you will, our community or the community of which you remember versus evangelizing so that people can become part of a, That's a different community. That's a different, That's a different issue. That, that community has, or whatever it is, that club has the purpose of growing. If we get to be a bigger club, that's the club we want to be a part of. Does everybody want to be a part of the club that's always getting bigger? Yeah, well, I, you know, without, without dinging the, the clubs in our community, uh, the clubs in our, in our city, um, uh, to your point, I mean, you know, the Apostle Paul, he didn't go out in order to evangelize, to have them join his community. He evangelized for the sake of their lives. Right. That they may join community, not this community, their community, to create, create community there. where they were. Under, you don't need to come back here. Right. And there's and there's things that go along with that. Under the headship of Messiah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another, uh, I'm just going to use an example from my, my 
past life, as it were, with uh, the family saying, uh, I think about why I joined a fraternity in college. Um, you know, when, you, when you become a member of that fraternity, everyone in there is now your brother. You know, so when you're in that community, they're your brother. And you know, there might be some of the guys who are less you know, reputable than others, but you know, whatever it is, when you're in a family... You can't pick your family. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I would say that's a club, not a community. Because of singular purpose, shared interests, and so forth, I would say that the fraternity is most assuredly a club. I was just looking at it with family. No question. It's got a family aspect in it. What we're kind of establishing is that, um, and this is perhaps a potential danger for any community, is that the line between community and club is pretty um, sharp. Uh, it's not, or maybe a little gray, rather, excuse me. Blurry. Blurry. In the sense that you can cross from community to club pretty easily. All it takes sometimes is um, an influx of people who suddenly don't quite share the same purpose. Right. Or me, and, the, and, the, and the scary thing, I think, even that the, the, the Apostle Paul came to realize in his own ministry was that sometimes those people don't come in Obviously, with another purpose. Sometimes they step in, and you think that they're part of the group, and they're not. Things going great, and then you find out twenty-five years later that this guy's, you know, basically been uh, is working against you. If if I say that a perchik shows up in town and ends up going to Kiev, do you understand what I mean by that? A perchik shows up and moves to Kiev, right? No, okay. So one. One guy. Two. Okay, two. Three, four, five guys. Okay. So the idea that somebody could be passing through, they have similar values, they're now in a similar location, they do have common values, at least it appears on the outside, it appears there's a consistent theology, or maybe even a, a consistent halacha, but um, the interests may not be the same, and the family ties, and the love's not... There's not an opportunity there, and he's on his he's he's on his way out. He's just passing through. Sometimes it takes a long time for some people to pass through. Okay. These were good comments. Do you think that community is a biblical concept? Yes. Okay. Isn't it interesting that we're looking at, and speaking about a topic, a, a concept in the scriptures? that I would dare say you probably couldn't give me a solid biblical reference for because it's a theme throughout the scriptures and certainly beginning with the calling of a man, the building of a family, and then from that family, a nation. And then a father of many nations. I would, to your question, return the query, what do you mean by community? Well, I think we've now discussed that. Um, but I would say it's the melding of all of these, right? To some certain extent, all of these come into play, and then the various little pieces parts that you guys tore up and pulled out. So there's there's all these building blocks, but really the bottom line is it is community, right? But the Scripture speaks of community in a lot of different ways, depending on whether you're in the Tanakh or you're in the apostolic writings, whether it's a congregation or a kahal or a da, mikra, 
I try to do those in Hebrew, by the way, and have them typed out so nicely, but when you put them on there, only the first letter comes out. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's because it's right to left. Um, Plathos. This was a cool word. Sunagoge, ecclesia, um, whatever it is. It is identified. Yes? I see Acts chapter 2 as being such a... Um, how about scriptural community? As being such a, a clearly defined point. And it talks about them assembling in, 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 in a unity of spirit. It talks about them assembling in the fear of the Lord. Um, and as you're, as you're posting things up there. Yeah, um, that's exactly they, right. But, and I think that... Um, there was also one thing you didn't mention before. There seemed to be some sort of commitment to each other as people. It was different than just simply, or a commitment as a group that was so strong it, it acted like it was to individuals because that was the, the motive. I think that one of the unfortunate things about clubs is that very rarely is the club commitment to the other members. Your club commitment is to the club. To the club. And I think that one of the things that I that I lamented at times in my in my walk within the church and then have thankfully been able to experience at other occasions, both in more traditional Christian circles and more strongly here, is there does seem to be a, a strong commitment to the people. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mr. Upham mentioning being in someone else's home. I mean, even in America, that's almost unheard of. That's right. So if you have an entire community where you've got multiple people who have... Are regularly bred together yes. in each other's homes. Yes. Who 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 share their hurts and feelings? Who actually know when another member of the community has given birth and want to go and help them? Yeah. I mean, that to me is a commitment to the individual members of the community that is different, dramatically different. Yeah, I agree. The club. Absolutely. Um, to your how you get to community is part of that commitment. Yeah. To your point, um, oftentimes in the clubs here in town that that meet on Sunday mornings, uh, they will. Um, they will decide that they, they want to build a building so that the club can meet in greater style and panache, perhaps. Or and, or sure. And, and now you need to be committed to the club, not to the people in it, but to the club so that the building can get built. And you need to commit that you're going to give to the club so that they can build the building. So, yeah, I, I agree your point That's very well. Stanley, to that point, as Charles Stanley used to always say, you know, you can tithe, you can give to anyone you want as long as you tithe to your local There it is. You know, I mean, that's just the whole notion of that. It's like, what? what you give to God, but send to my address. Uh, yeah. uh, since we're allowed to use scripture, yes. uh, what you put up there is actually, it's a very big, those are very big concerns for the breakdown of the community. Because what I, what I indicated was with the Torah, God gave tools in order to bring unity, and Paul uses those same tools in Romans chapter 14, in the way that he addresses the concerns, it appears that he's saying, y'all just get along, don't have your own little standards, right? What he's doing is the opposite. He's saying, a common halakha, hmm. which means some people actually have to step up their halakha. Yes. A common halakha is extremely important because you can't have fellowship. That's right. You can't have breaking of bread. You cannot have hospitality. That's exactly right. And I bring these up, and as uh, interesting, you know, and, and, and just to lift him up, Joshua wasn't here for the class we did on Acts chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and so forth, where we were talking about these four devotions, if you will, that the early 
believers uh, in Jerusalem practice, but fellowship, breaking of bread, hospitality, the teaching and the doctrine of the apostles. This is what they did. This, this was the hallmark, it says, of those. And they were counted. It's the first time. I don't know if you realize, it's the first time that believers in a community are counted prior to the counting of the tribes. We're, you know, we're going through that right now in the Torah. And we had this many from this tribe, and this many from this tribe, and then we had this many plus this many from this tribe. And, and we're looking at the numbers. It's a numbers game. The community's getting larger. And that's exactly what the beginning and the opening of the book of Acts of the Apostles says, is that the community was getting larger. They joined the community. So what do you know about the community that was breaking bread and having fellowship and practicing hospitality and listening and practicing the teaching of the apostles? What do you know about that community? Give me some things that you recall from the scripture. There was a leader, or actually more than one, there was a leadership structure that Johnny mentioned before that's good. Recall it back to the things that you said about community. Well, they had a singular purpose or focus. Absolutely. And about the temple. The temple and Messiah, and it was it was the big deal. Good. What else? They judged. They did. And they were very careful about being honest and, and, and living up and having accountability. In fact, to the point where some died. There was great fear. And they had a great reputation. The same daily practices. They did. Constant daily practice that was identical halakhically throughout the entire community. And it, it goes out of its way a lot of times, the scripture does, to make it clear that they were all unified in that purpose. They had an entire family unit be a part of the community, not just like the mom is a part of this one and the dad's a part oh, of Oh, good. Elsewhere. Yeah. It's the entire family was involved and devoted to one. I know some clubs where you hit the door and you split the family up, but they didn't seem to do that. You're exactly right. I would also say that they cared for one another to the point where they were actually selling possessions so that they could put money in a common pot to help. One of the things that they didn't have, I, I believe, is they did not have a common theology. I think that's born out. And it's born out by the fact that they were concerned about Paul when he came back in Acts chapter 21, that he had a different theology. Mm -hmm. And in fact, some of them, even after he would have explained himself, would have said, no, no, your theology is different than ours. However, the only thing that mattered was, is your practice the same? That's right. That's good. The the theological... Go to the temple and resolve this. That's right. Not go to the temple and fake it, as so many pastors are telling us. Or wait. Rather, what he did is he went to the temple to prove my practice has not changed. That's right. But theologically, we not agree with That's right. And, and we don't have to gather a whole bunch of people to sit in this room with you to talk about your theology. We're just going to watch. Right. Now, go do this, because when they see that, they will know. That's excellent. That's Good. important when uh, you see Paul standing Peter to the face. You know, when they went That's right, because Peter changes halakha. He would eat with them, then he wouldn't eat with them. His theology had not changed. That's right. <laughs> but his, his halakha did. I think something else we haven't talked about, they were externally recognizable. As in, we know those are the... You know, those the, guys. Yeah. 
other people could point and know who they were. I think you're right. Not only could they know who they were, but they had a good reputation, it says. I mean, throughout, all of the other people, as it were, that were outside the community knew of the community, and in fact, they had a name, and they were known. Good. Identifiable, if you will. Good. Yes. I think that um, the theology point is important, though, because it wasn't that they existed in a nebulous theology. When they had disputes and they had complications, especially ones that were going to affect halakha, they met together and talked about it. That's, That's good. the whole Acts 15 thing. Yes, it is. It wasn't basically, less fair. basically the, the one group said one thing, one group said the other thing, and they said, you know what? We can't coexist saying two different things. That's right. And whether or not... We're doing two different things. Yeah. Whether or not everybody necessarily left that meeting all believing the same thing, they were going to be committed to doing the same doing thing. The same. Exactly right. Exactly right. I like that. I like but, that. But talking about it's important. It's, in other words, the theology, common theology doesn't mean everyone has to think the exact same thing, but it doesn't mean that we're going to have uh, theological anarchy. I, I agree. I, the reason I put that one on the board was to make clear that they did have some points in common theologically. For example, the community we're talking about now, all, I mean, the, what, yeah, the deal breaker, the one that made them a sect of Judaism different from other sects was not that they believed in the resurrection from the dead. The Pharisees did too. The Sadducees did not. What did they believe? They believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. Boom! Now, all of them brought a bunch of baggage theologically in. He's going to set up a kingdom now. He's going to set up a kingdom later. It's going to be a political kingdom. It's going to be a religious kingdom. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Hey, bottom line, he's the Messiah. Yeah. I think and this has been said, but there's just an overwhelming dedication to the other people and to be part of the community. But when something like Acts 15 comes up, you don't disagree and move on. You actually... You work it out. It. You wrestle with it and deal with it. You're going to stay in this community no matter what. That's exactly right. Work it out with you. Peter, you've uh, hang one sec. You've 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 nailed uh, one of the significant points that I wanted to make tonight, and that is that you don't join community by accident. You you're, you don't happen to fall into community like you would kind of get swept up into a club or into a uh, reelect, you know, John Smith uh, campaign. It doesn't happen like that. You specifically join the community because you're staying. You live there, commonplace, and this sect, this community, is where you're going to be. They want out from among us because they want out of us. That's it. So I wouldn't even go so far as Acts 15. I'm surprised you guys went to 15 and 21 and all that. I would go earlier. Acts 4, 5. We've got, you know, we've got deacons being grabbed up. Why? Because they're like, hey, we're not from here. And we, our widows are being overlooked. Oh, well then, darn, we gotta, we got to fix that. we got to take care of your widows just like ours because your widow is my widow. I mean, it's the same deal. Yeah. Yeah, who is it? Yeah. Oh, it was you. I'm sorry. I knew somebody had it. Well, I, I think just to, pick up, just to pick up on Peter's thought, the idea of when you are in a community, you are submitting to one another in that community. Mm. Particularly the leadership structure. Mm -hmm. So when you have a theological difference, then you take it to the leadership 
the leadership has been given the, the God-given authority mm-hmm. to and, look at it. And the people-given authority. Right. And, and, and well, Jews, presumably they, it's, he's a leader, he or she is a leader because they he's risen up. Yeah. But the, you take it to the leadership. The leadership listens to the arguments, weighs it out, and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is and what we, we right. are going to do. And, and, and whoever might be on the losing side of that in terms of the conclusion is different than what they'd hope. If they're part of the community, they submit to the decision, even though they may still vehemently disagree with That's it. right. That's exactly right. But they're going to submit to the decision because... It's not a club. It's a community. It's a community. commitment and respect for the leadership, for the others in the community, and for the process, and a trust, ultimately, that God... Is going to work it all out. ...is going to work through that, that yeah, process. I agree. I would say that the number one focus of community is not anything external, whether it's ideological... Theological or otherwise. The focus of the community is the people in the community. It's the bottom line. I mean, we're, we're working because we're there. Yes, sir. And I do think that I got you. Um, certainly with the Acts community, and I would hope to think that of enough today, um, that the Acts community was committed not just because there was some sort of familial interest or some need to survive, I think the commitment stemmed from the fact that that was part of their shared values. They believed that loving one another, that compassion and understanding for another, submitting to one another, these were things that were actually taught by the Master Yeshua. Absolutely. So to be part of that community came with it an inherent need to commit to each other. And if you didn't want to commit to each other, there was something broken with your understanding of why you were in the community at all. Exactly. Um, I think we need to recognize some of the numbers here, guys. The vast majority of the community of which you are speaking tonight didn't live there. They didn't grow up there. They weren't from there. Where were most of them from? They are from the Galilee. And they came up to Jerusalem for the festival. Why? It's a commandment to. So there is a a common theology that they would do so. But I think the big question you have to ask is, why didn't they go home? Okay, I got it. He is the Messiah. Not only that, rose from the dead. Very cool. Like that. Going to talk about that when I get home. Betty, it's time to go. We've been here almost you know, four days past the festival. Counted the armor with these guys. We're heading back to the Galilee. We, that may have happened, but we don't have the evidence scripturally and even historically that that was the case. Why did they stay? Why didn't they go home? They had to have a community at home. These were orthodox, pious Jews. Community goes without saying. They had a community, they had a shul, a synagogue, back in their town in Galilee, as did many of the ones in Capernaum and in uh, Nazareth. Why did they stay? Why didn't they go home? Part of it is you just met the prophesied Messiah. How do you go back and pick up a... Shazam! Is 
Exactly, and, and, and to see the mountain of, of what she's going to return on uh, in, in the future every day. Not far off. We're not far off. Stay here, man. Yeah. I mean, he just left. Um, he said he was coming back. At least I know where he's coming. Yeah. I can speak from experience that if you spend enough time in Jerusalem, you, there, did, there does tend to be a tendency that they're going to have to kick me out before I leave. That's right. That's exactly. So, I think there's one more, one more thing. We mentioned it before. The master getting caught up in that whole thing. And, and the temple. If you look up here, um, I would say that prayer and worship were the things that were grabbing them up and were the extra things beyond what we've already written. This is what we see that they were doing, demonstrating community, but it's not the core that created the community. I believe prayer and worship in the temple with these people is what created the community and maintained the community. And if you take away the hospitality, they would still be there. If you take away the teaching, they'd still be there. But you could not take away the prayer and the worship. That's why they stayed. And that's what God created them. That's what the Torah gave them. That's exactly right. Well, just a couple thoughts. In the case of Jerusalem, they did get this guy out. They kicked him out. And um, as far as the submission, that, that just really hit home because the whole, uh, you know, it's really, yeah. When you see that in community, uh, well, outside of communities, what do you get? You see divorce. You see, um, you see different brands of, of church. You know, of, you know, of clubs appears because you know. Whereas, yes, we're gonna go along with the decision, even though it's not something with which I agree. We're gonna still stick around. Instead, like, no, I disagree. I'm gonna start my own club, and you know, that's that's where we uh, just a lot of pride in the spirit of people, and um, yeah, that, that should be an issue. Agreed. I think. I think. What I was seeing when you had all the um, geometry on the on the board, the love one another, is what I was considering was the basis of the community. I think someone says that it might be Yeshua that that's what defines us is our love for one another because you see that borne out in everything that everyone's saying because and someone had said it's about. Uh, each other instead of a dedication to the community itself, but actually the people. Because a love for, when love is really selflessness, you know, when you see, um, like John was just saying, the reason everything splits up and factions happen like that and people leave the community and divorce and all that is really just a lack of love for the people in your community because you will submit if you really are committed because uh, love is just a lack of selfishness. Amen. Amen. It's all about the people. It's all about the fact that you've got people that are going to worship and pray the same as you and then you will have the opportunity with those people to practice hospitality. To gain a common teaching from the Word of God. 
to fellowship one with another and to break bread together. To try to answer some of your earlier questions. Yes. Because I, I do agree that these two things are important, the most important thing to the community, the prayer and worship. So I think it's what starts the community. Well, yeah, yeah. And I would say and sustains you wouldn't necessarily ever need recruiting. So you wouldn't need to go out and try to bring people into the community because those two things should be what draws the people to the community, mm. not, not, not the people. And then whether you should have communities within the community, it seems like with both those things, it's like the more the merrier. Why would you try to split and divide and kind of do anything to the community? Yeah. You want it to get as big as possible to do both of these things. Absolutely. The, the, uh, the more you have the opportunity to pray and to worship with someone else, I mean, wouldn't you invite someone to come to that? Yeah, it's really cool how extra. Yeah, that's right. It, it seems like the two commandments not only do the whole law and the prophets hang on them, but also it seems like the community hangs on loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. There it is. So the community is actually the visible expression of us living out the Torah to its fullest extent together. There it is. It's, it's not an individual game now. It's the value of having us all together, which brings us to the discipline part. If you're in a community and you're disciplined and the, the ultimate push is you can't be part of the community until you repent. Hit the door. That's got to be earth-shattering, mind-boggling. That, that means it's just the worst thing that could possibly happen is that you don't get to play with us. You're outside the community. You don't get to pray. You don't get to worship. All your prayers change. And you don't get the hospitality, the teaching, the fellowship, breaking of the bread, all that kind of stuff. You lose out. It's, it's a loss. And you feel the loss to the point where it, it makes you want to repent. That can't happen if you're in a club. Because you just find another club. But if you're in a community, the concept or the idea of finding another community is almost incomprehensible. And that's the great way to sift through who you want to be in the community or not. If, 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 you, tell, if you say you can't come back until you repent, then the person who has been faking it won't come back. Right. The one who actually has the relationship will. And exactly. That, that separates the boys from the boys. That's good. I like that. You scared me there for a second because it sounded like you had some kind of save about who you led in the community. And I was scared there for a second. But maybe you recovered well, and I'm very grateful for that. So. All right. Are we moving to something else? I had a question. It'll all be about community, but go ahead. Yes. I was going to ask, um, based on what we've said so far, is it even possible to uh, be part of a community long distance? Well, that's a good question. Is it possible to be part of a community long distance? Well, I, I do think, right off the top of my head, that you can have technological means of joining in on teaching and certainly on fellowship. Deal there, right? Tough. And if prayer and worship is the core of it, it does sound a little difficult. Let's branch out just a little bit in our definition of community. To be part of a specific community, 
know, I don't know that you really can do that. Well, that's all I'm talking about. But, but the greater community of God is not what I'm talking about. But, well, but even if you get set down from that, Paul, in his interlacing of the different communities, quite clearly um, allowed them to share with each other. That Paul himself was a member of the community in Jerusalem, even though he was hardly ever there. However... I would bring to your attention that he longed to be back in Jerusalem and was rushing to get back. Sure. So, but he was still apart even when he wasn't there. I don't think that was Pete's point. I don't think Pete's point was, and correct me if I'm wrong, is not that you can't leave for a time, for a mission, for a vacation, for whatever it may be, but you would certainly long to return, and certainly the best would be to be right there. Ultimately, everybody moves here. We're cool. Well, right. well, there it is. I guess what I was trying to get at is that... Um, <laughs> or Jerusalem. Better. Yeah, one or the other, right. I guess what I was trying to get at is that there's... Um, the specific community, I agree, I don't think you really can be a part, truly. But I do think that um, it doesn't mean that the different locational communities are in competition, but rather they are all interlaced within a broader community. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I don't want yeah, to go beyond the, the, the local community, if you will. Um, but I think to Pete's point, if you got to move to Boston... You're not going to be a member of this community. Will we still love you to death? Absolutely. Will we go visit you? You bet. But you're going to be the member of a community in Boston. And God willing, God willing and by His grace, from, from the training here, you'll be one of the leaders eventually in that community. And we will go and visit your community. That kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, you, you flourish where planted. And you may, you may be able to have fellowship and teaching and maybe even the prayer from Boston joining our community but ultimately you would be your own community yeah you would you would you would want to be plugged in with people in Boston yeah <laughs> belt or a duo north yeah that's exactly right well let's take let's take a look at uh, groups or subgroups uh, as it were um so I've got, uh, I've got enough folks here. Just uh, start around the room. Take the first one, if you would, and just pull up those references and read them out loud to us. Um, I just uh, grabbed a couple of what I thought were definitions or descriptions, if you will, of uh, various groups, communities, if you will, in Scripture. So I've got uh, nine of them. And there's ten of you here, so Pete will be without. Genesis 49.1 talks about Jacob's sons. Real short and quick. No, not heavy theology here. Go, what do you got? Then Yaakov called for his sons and said, Assemble yourselves and I will tell you what will befall you in the end of There you go. It's the end of his life. And he's gathering together all his sons. That's, that's the beginning, right, of a community. It was the community. It was his sons. It was a tribe. It was a family kind of thing. Um, in Judges chapter 9 and verse 6. And all the leaders of Shechem came together, and all of them below, and they went and made Abimelech king by the oak of the pillar at Shechem. Okay, wasn't a really good idea on their part. However, um, my point was that Shechem had its community, and it had leaders. Simple as that, right? Judges chapter 10 and verse 17. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Judges 10, verse 17. 
You've, you've got it in Slovenian, but you need it in English. Then the Ammonites were called to arms, and they encamped in Gilead, and the people of Israel came together and encamped in the spot. Exactly. So, once again, we've got the children of Israel. And in, in all of these cases, you've got them being gathered together. Again, to, to Pete and Joshua's point, location and being together is so important. The uh, Judges chapter 20, verse 14. 20, uh, verse uh, 14? Yeah. The sons of Benjamin gathered from the cities to uh, Gilbea to go out to battle against the sons of Israel. Yeah. Uh, once again, the, the same thing that Rick brought up earlier. Bad time for Benny, right? Um, we're going to wipe him out, darn near. Um, but again, it's the people of Benjamin. So we, we've got these groups, and they're able to be gathered together, and they do something, uh, as it were. First Samuel chapter 8 and verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. So you, here we've got Israel now as a nation, or about to be a nation, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, and a king and whatnot, but you've got elders of this community. Second Samuel chapter ten and verse seventeen. We've got uh, David. When David was told of this, he gathered all Israel across the Jordan and went to Helam. The Arameans formed their battle lines to meet David and fought against him. So we're going to go to war. Who's going to go to war? All of Israel. And they get a king. And they're going to fight together. And they're going to do that as a team. Uh, Nehemiah eight thirteen. On the second day, the heads of the families of all the people, the Kohanim and the Levites, gathered together to Ezra the scholar to delve into the words of the Torah. So these guys are going to study together, and the heads of households, the heads of the families, are are known, and they're going to come together. Um, Jeremiah 50, verse 4. In those days, at that time, says Adonai, the people of Israel will come together with people of Yehuda. They will weep as they go their way, seeking Adonai their God. So we've got a, a prophetic statement about two coming together. All of Israel and all of Judah are going to come together and be gathered together before the Lord. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 11.33, just to make sure we've got our smattering of apostolic scriptures in place. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. So... <laughs> 34 is really where the meat of that verse is, but I didn't want to distract you. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's writing to the community in Corinth, and he's saying, hey, don't, you know, you should eat before you get there. Just, when you get there, gather everybody together, and then wait for everybody to show up, and then you can have your little festival. It's a great time, but you've got to be cognizant of other people. In all, these cases, in all these cases, they came together. They gathered for whatever purpose. They were all coming together. So I just uh, made my own list of attributes of a body or community. I think Josh, uh, Jonathan mentioned uh, it's, it's named we just talked about it's gathered together. It's known by other people. It may actually have some subgroups within it that are defined even biblically. Heads of households, Isaac read about. Elders, right? Certain people who will bury the dead. Exactly, yes, right? So you've got these little groups within the community, but it's not like they're adversarial to the community or 
you know, something that you want to watch out for. Competition, yeah. Um, and then finally, the, the subgroups um, are like uh, specializing in your circle. Yes, a special way that they can minister to the rest of the community. It's, yeah, it's simply a collection of people that find a new way to, as you put it, they become the servants of the community, even the leadership. There it is. It's not there because they're the elite. They're there because they're the servants. Amen. And then finally, it has at least one thing common to all the members. You can't have community unless that's the case. And I think uh, to, uh, to Greg's point, they're, they're praying together. They're worshiping together. And they were in the temple in the Acts community. We don't have the temple. We don't even have an ark. But that's what we do as a community. And I would say that is that one thing that we have in common because it cannot be changed. It's, it's, it's that piece that differentiates us from anyone else, any other community. Yes? In talking about all this, the, the concept really sounds so foreign because when we brought up moving to Boston, you know, of course that would be for a pretty selfish purpose, most likely going to get a better job or something like that. Sure, which is not necessarily bad, especially if you're married to my daughter. (laughs) It's just, that would be unheard of in Jerusalem. It's like, why on earth would you 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 leave some better job? Like, this is where you are, this is where you belong, and it it would demonstrate to everybody around... Community is more important. Exactly. Yes, that's a good point. But it's just, that doesn't happen here. All the people are (laughs) saying, It's a different way to start you. Absolutely. Like yes. Paul, Paul is, an, is being a classic example of this. He starts in Jerusalem. He trains in Jerusalem. Yeah. And then he is sent. Talking about Shlachim being our most recent. That's right. Torah parsha. He's sent to go out and start new ones. And then when he gets to these new ones, he realizes, you know, this community is missing something. I should grab Timothy from this community and bring him over here because he'd be a really good leader. Because he can help. Transplants. Yeah. Good. So, so it doesn't mean that you're that you need to always stay in the same community. It just means that you should have a really good reason for leaving. Sure, and I think in our culture, yeah, I think in our culture, there's, you know, we've we've got reasons where perhaps back then you didn't. I can tell you what, you know, if there's no tech jobs in Jerusalem, but the temple's still standing, I train me to be a butcher, sub butcher, you know, whatever it takes. Yes, and yes. Uh, so, one of the attributes that's not listed, although it was on your first slide of characteristics of the community, and it was a similar location. Yes. Right. So, what does that actually look like? <laughs> similar location or the lack thereof? Well, no. What the, when, if, if a similar location is... How is similar how local is... Yeah. Well, I, I, I think... Right. I, I similar? Yeah. I think, you, I think you and I have talked about this, right? If, if, you know, if, if all things were according to Hoyle and exactly the way we'd want them, you'd be two, three, four doors down, and we'd come together, and it probably wouldn't fit anymore in my family room. We'd need some place where we could worship and pray together. But... Shocker eat every morning together. Can you imagine? Every morning before we all go to work, we all pray together? Hello? How cool is that? But ideally, we would walk. Ideally, 
we would be able to do that without even thinking about it. It's just part of my daily routine. I'm praying. I know you're praying. I'd rather be praying with you. But I'm going to be late for work if I've got to drive 45 minutes just to get to your house to pray with you. Right? So... so which then kind of comes back to this whole you know, the risk of the risk of uh, sounding like my good friend Joshua Talent, you know. How how but important is that? He jacked us up really good. He did. Because he's like, well, how committed to the community are you? So if you say it'd be great to pray together, and if you say you'd like to have that, then what are you doing about it? And, and I think and, and I think he pointed out that there is. No person in our community that lives in an area that could support the community with us all living nearby and everything. So for all, even, even you with a couple of empty zones next to you still wouldn't cut it. So in, 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 the, in the best case scenario, for our community to work in that fashion, every person, every family in the entire community would need to uproot and move somewhere in this town-ish so that we could have that community, which is not unlike what the Orthodox community does. When they come into town, there's, there's only a small place they're looking where they can, they can be. It takes some sacrifices, uh, especially in the Holy Land. I mean, that's prime real estate. You're going to be living off a shoebox, but as long as you're upstairs from your Rebbe, I mean, right, literally. Yeah, praise God, you got it all. Um, I am right now. My my current uh, what is it? My current pers- my current view is that uh, that that I don't think that God ever intended that we would um, go through the stewardship um, exhaustion of moving to create community in the diaspora in this way. I agree. So if we've got the land, the scriptures, and the people of Israel, and we've got two out of three, to me, right now, that's okay. Do, we, we do the best we can. Is it the best? No. Could it be better? Absolutely. Am I ready to get up and move? To Israel, if they'd let you. To Israel, I would. To some place in the middle of the, you know, the bum walla walla side of Waxhaw, where we could actually... <laughs> You know, well... That's exactly the place I was thinking. Wow. You saw that open pot of land, too. So, 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 so when, when two of you move, I will move. I will move. That's right. And there'll be no barbed wire in that compound. Yes, sir? Well, he, you know, we talked about this. What, what's the what's the first thing that an Orthodox Jewish community looks for, for in order to establish a community? A shul. A mikvah first, and then a shul. Right. That's right. We have no we have no mikvah, right? Well, we have one, but we're not sharing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, okay. So they have. A... <laughs> All right. Did you see his face? He's like. He just reran the entire community class in his head going. I just I just stepped into the toilet, so this guy have a big foot, not tell me. No, go ahead, I'm sorry. 
my, my point being, we don't have a coach from Mecca. Right. So that makes it very difficult yes. to, to, to perform certain commandments yeah. in the Torah yes. for certain members of our community. Right? And so we, you know, we do the best we can. Right. Right. But, right. Um, so then we get back to that, you know, then we get back to another discussion of, okay, well then, how do you weigh commandments? Well, how, how far do you go so that you're doing the best you can? Right. And, and like I said, right now, I'm weighing the diaspora, the diaspora and our position in the diaspora, and worse than that, our position in the diaspora as Gentiles, as being an overwhelming burden. I don't want to. I don't want to say that gives us a buy, but I think that we can go absolutely nuts trying to build Jerusalem in the diaspora. So I got to draw the line somewhere in my mind, and. And 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 I and, and I say that as a man that I think has demonstrated that I love community and this community. Orthodox community have they built Jerusalem? Is that what they've done? In some regards, yes. And I think that and then that's Brooklyn and Queens are perfect examples. Of yeah. Be critical. Right. Crown Heights. You know. Right. You know, any one of those communities, you can say, you know, they're content. Well, and, well, and that's and and that's why we've we've we know a rabbi who's come here and has lambasted them because and he's not welcome well, to talk it's to. Not, them. It's not my place to, to criticize. Right, I'm not. but he has said, "Gosh, I don't get a real friendly welcome there because I'm saying, um, what are you doing here? did you? Yeah, did you know that it's called Israel? Yes. You know, El Al. You know, take the flight. You know where." We got a spot. You'll have to buy one, one ticket, you know, one way, right? So, but, but we know we don't have that. We don't. And that's, we don't. And that's, so, I think that's what he's trying legal. to address. Is that's the biggest, our biggest concern with regard to location is that we do not have the we do not have the the legal right. We have the we have the spiritual right. We're not taking it. Right. We don't have the legal right to be there. Yeah, and you know, you you could go so far as to say, I mean, if you, I'm not proposing this, right. but. I, you know, two routes come to mind, right? You can, we can either, th- three routes, you know, stay the way we're doing and do what we can. Um, one route would be, we all get up and move and, you know, start with a mikvah, then a shul, and then, you know, we all pick our little properties and and people really talk about it. That's funny. Whoa, uh, and wire to get it. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and, and by the way, fiber internet for everybody. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And free, free tech support, baby. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's right. That's right. See, there it is. There it is. Right. So, uh, so that's so that's that's one route. That's, that's that's the second route. The third route, quite frankly, is we could all convert to Judaism, and then we could. Go to the land. Can we just cash in our Ephraimite ships? And <laughs> Pete's in the middle of reading uh, Boaz's new book, Twelve Gates, um, which, by the way, is, a, is a, I think a very, very good expose of the two house movement uh, and the whole Ephraimite thing. That's all it really has to do with. It has nothing to do with the Twelve Gates or anything like that. But it's well written uh, for uh, for uh, a. Uh, on the uh, two house or Ephraimite deal, so you know that's a route, and 
as I said, I'm not proposing this or, or advocating this, but I would say it has almost as much um, um, impact, perhaps, on the community if we were all to convert to Judaism and then move to Israel and become a, and, and build the community there, right? Uh, well, that's a good question, and it could we could build. And and now you would probably you know how did you convert our, 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 and then you know, all that. Not to be critical of anyone yeah. because everyone's different with regard to that. Our experience has been when we've observed people that have taken that line of thinking yeah. is that they gave up far more than they did. You bet. And, and yeah, and 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 when you you're you're not going to get the community that you desire unless you bring your community with you, and then even if you do, what have you got? You've got this community of converted Gentiles that have forsaken so much of what they believe just to have a spot in the land. Well, but, but ironically, almost, almost to a person, people that have gone that track, they may move to Israel for a while, but they're not there now. They come back because you know, and, and, they, can't, the they have irony, no community? The irony is that, that uh, I mean... Talk about hypocrisy. Yeah. I mean, they they went to this step because they wanted to be part of a family that has a homeland, and then they give up on it because it didn't fit their model or whatever else, or they enjoy living in Phoenix or yeah, you know, wherever. More, more than in in the land. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. So, well, we leave these um, um, these questions. Um, no, no, it was great. Man, it's, I mean, it's that was. I mean, it's the ultimate expression of well. Well, what are we going to do if we are a community? And I believe we are. I really do, and and I love it, man. I tell you what, I love it. But I hate that you got to drive almost an hour to get here, and I hate when I got to drive almost an hour to get to your place. You know, um, you know, he's looking at a house around the corner just so that we can be there. Yeah, you know. Uh, wait a minute. Well, it's kind of talking about. We've kind of jumped all around what I was going to point out where we have, we're talking about how moving to Boston and leaving a community and how obviously... Joining, joining a community. That's how I would put it. If you have to move somewhere, I would say it's, you're not leaving your community, you're joining another community, a different community. Yeah. Because that would be your goal, right? Right. Because you can't live without community. Right. So, obviously since we're not Jews, we can't go to the, the land. Right. So, being Gentiles, living in Diaspora, what are we uh, being a part of a community like this is so great. So, join another community. I mean, are we not bound to this community in any way? Or am I thinking you mean if you have to move? Yeah, if you have to move, you have to move. Um, are you going to leave friends behind? Sure, are you still going to have ties? Absolutely, um, yeah. So, you know, the bottom line would be if, if you can stay, you stay. And you do everything you can to stay. And, and I feel that way now. I wouldn't want to leave this community for anything. You know, I would, I would do everything in my power to stay. Uh, especially with my children growing up and potentially being in the same community. That's, I mean, that's just amazing. That's, that's a dream. That's a dream that most men never get to, to have. But if you've got to move, you've got to move. It may just be temporary. 
but I believe that if you got to move, no matter what city it is, you join a community or you make that community. Right? I mean, I can I can still remember Rick telling us um, there's a there's there's a lot of people that that worship, think, holistically the same as you. They just have no place to go, and we didn't believe. Them. Now look, right? And, and, and we there's still a lot. and there's still a lot, you know. So, yes. Sir. I was going to point out to our earlier conversation that um, Mr. Herkenreiter here has volunteered that if he wins the lottery, he will buy the plot of land. I got it. <laughs> cool. So, is the lottery a legal, uh, morally obligated? <laughs> That's a great question. Ticket, the odds of just having the ticket fly out of the air are just as much as if you go and purchase one. So that would be acceptable. There it is. It flies out of the air. Oh, there it is. I it who, who said? Who put it there in the air? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Odds yeah. Are it flew out of the air. <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, offering that. I, I will. I have it on recording in case that lottery thing it does happen to come through. You know, so. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. Um, in, in summary, I would, um, I, I would say this. I would say thank you to each and every one of you that comes to pray with us. Because to me, that's the difference. We've got people in clubs all over the place that are studying the Bible. We've got people in clubs all over the city that care for one another in some way, shape, or form. We've got people in clubs all over the city that believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We even have people who believe that he was Jewish. I know, shocking, but true. But to come together and to try as much as possible to fulfill the commandments and pray together and worship, it is extraordinary. I want to encourage you. Um, this Shabbat is our last Shabbat before we take our month off for July. My wife and I will be at the beach by ourselves for the first time for an entire week. Don't call. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, this, this should be a good Shabbat. This should be a good Shabbat. I'm I'm excited about it. We're just gonna um, I'm gonna I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth. We may have a nine-hour shakari service. <laughs> so, th- so but but again, seriously, I mean it. Thank you. Yes. Do, uh, do <laughs> you got guys? You got you, you got guys? You got guys dying this week in a way that never died before. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I, I am grateful to each of you who, who comes to be counted because that is a, that is a time to be counted. So um, let's pray, shall we? Good Father, I thank you for these men. I thank you for their commitment over this past year. Um, Father, we, we thank you for the love of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Messiah Yeshua. We thank you uh, for the example of the, uh, the community in Jerusalem that uh, came together because of their love and commitment to you, because of their obedience to you and to your commandments. And you opened their eyes to see the truth of the salvation available through him and his work. Father, we've seen that, and uh, we're doing the best we can here in the diaspora. We pray that, uh, that Rick will win the lottery. We pray that uh, Greg will 
build the uh, mikvah. We, we pray, Father, that you would just continue to work in this community in a mighty and a rich way and that you would allow our young people uh, to rise up, to find mates, and to be able to find jobs and uh, settle here in this same community. And we know that, we, what can we say? If we haven't asked, you're not going to provide, so we are asking that you would do that so none of them have to move to Boston, God forbid. We thank you for the uh, fellowship we have in the Holy Spirit, the love we have for one another, and I pray a special blessing on each man here. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, can, I, can I make an announcement uh, real quick? I don't, I don't mean to steal the floor here or anything, but I would like to make a... Um, Brother Joseph informed me, and I didn't say this at Shakarit, not all of you were there anyway, but... Um, that, that many of you men had prayed for me and my family while I was gone. And I just, I have to let you know, report that my family is all together. It's in one place. Uh, uh, blessed. And and I believe that that's solely because of the prayers that were offered up by the men. I really appreciate it. And your righteousness. And your righteousness. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. Praise God.